0: Outgrowing Addiction with Common Sense Instead of Disease Therapy, by Stanton Peel and Zach Rhodes, with forward by Tom Horvath, founding president of Smart Recovery, published by Upper Access Press in Hinesburg, Vermont. Acknowledgements. We are indebted to the support and help of a number of people, beginning with Will Godfrey for an early reading and refining of this manuscript, and including Archie Brodsky for his infinite patience and skillful final review before putting this book to bed. We are of course thankful for the support and faith in this book shown by Upper Access Editor-in-Chief Steve Carlson and his wonderful designers, particularly Kitty Werner. Finally, Stanton Peel thanks Alta Ann Morris for her graciousness, caring, and perseverance. Zach Rhodes thanks his partner in life work, and family, Samantha Rhodes, and his sister Molly Rhodes, whose inspiring journey along the Appalachian Trail embodies the spirit of this book. Dedicated to Hadley, who was born alongside this book. Forward For anyone who loves reading Stanton Peel... Outgrowing Addiction will be a new treat. The evidence keeps pouring in that over 4 decades ago, when he published Love and Addiction, Peel was fundamentally correct about addiction and how to outgrow it. In this latest work, Peel and Rhodes incorporate recent scientific cultural developments into the primary themes of Peel's work, including that viewing addiction as a disease is actually harmful, that addiction involves the whole person, not just the brain, that most people will outgrow addiction and there are ways to accelerate that process, and that pursuing a valued, constructive new life path can move one entirely beyond addiction. The text is filled with actual stories of change. More than just being inspiring, although they are, the stories are clear. The reader witnesses the processes of change and discovers they are not mysterious. Outgrowing addiction is very much like other changes people already know how to make. Peel and Rhodes will help you bring your existing strengths to address any addictive problems you have. The authors also pay attention to parents and children, providing impressively comprehensive and powerful guidance for child-rearing by working with children, their strengths, and normal developmental processes, rather than working against them. As with Peel's previous work, this book is written in clear and easily accessible style. This compelling critique of how the U.S. typically understands and responds to addiction when more effective, indeed life-saving, methods are within easy reach Ought to be read by everyone who is an addiction stakeholder. Tom Horvath, PhD, American Board of Professional Psychology, President, Practical Recovery Psychology Group, San Diego, Past President, Smart Recovery, Past President, Society of Addiction Psychology, APA Division 50. Introduction Why we are writing this book. We Americans fear addiction. The fears are well-founded, as millions of lives are destroyed or damaged by it, yet what we hear is increasingly confusing. As a society, we respond by tightening the restrictions on painkiller prescriptions and increasing the availability of treatment, yet drug deaths continue to rise unabated. At the same time, many of us struggle when we try to solve the problems that addiction presents for ourselves, for our friends, and for our families. How can we prevent and deal with addiction more effectively, both for ourselves and for our children? Many Americans have a fantasy that we can sidestep cultural, community, and personal problems and find medical solutions for addiction and every aspect of all mental disorders. This fantasy grows from a faith in medical technology, from traditions of faith healing and unscrupulous snake oil salespeople, and some modern equivalents in rehabs, and from a medical theocracy that rules not only our health care, but our personal visions of ourselves and our collective future as a society. We, the authors, believe that this is impossible, and, in particular, that our society misunderstands addiction. In this book, we will demonstrate how, more importantly, we will set out an alternative model for addressing addiction, one strongly supported by all evidence. Happily, our model, which we name the developmental model of addiction, offers a far more optimistic prognosis than the dominant concept in America today, that of addiction as a disease. This isn't a treatment manual per se. Stanton Peel has already created a series of such self-help and treatment books. However, we include in Appendices A and B a reader's guide and a parent's and helper's manual to assist readers in applying the concepts in this book to their own, their children's, and their help-seeking clients' lives. Throughout the book, we have developed a series of principles around natural recovery and child development that lead us on clear paths to overcoming addiction. These include recovery either in the long run, that is, growing up, or in here-and-now efforts to change on one's own, through a group, or with a treatment provider. It's not a disease. How does our developmental model differ from the standard addiction as a disease model? We do not see addiction as a permanent personal trait. Instead, we see it as something that ebbs and flows in individuals over time and that most of us are bound to outgrow. We all encounter addictions in our lives, although for some of us they are far more severe and long-lasting than for others. No matter how severe an addiction is, we believe that regarding it as an inescapable disease in itself limits our ability to improve. The disease model makes us unduly pessimistic about ourselves and our possibilities, and thus makes challenging addiction more difficult. The damaging nature of this perspective is most obviously true for the young. People become locked into addictions rather than pursuing normal life channels for varying lengths of time. Lifelong addictions are relatively rare. The best way to discourage addiction is not by insisting that people stop, but by allowing, encouraging, and helping people to pursue more constructive life paths, one that leads to greater satisfaction and self-respect. People, children and adults, succeed when they learn how it feels to finally become oriented toward greater goals to treat themselves like people who are worthy of having goals, and to become confident that they can engineer their own positive outcomes. As we mature, most of us become more emotionally stable. At the same time, we develop more connections to life, and our actions come to mean more to others as well as to ourselves. Such improvements enhance our resilience in combating life problems, including emotional ones like anxiety and depression, as well as practical ones like those at work and with families. It is this typical pattern of growth and improvement that forms the basis for our developmental model. Addiction and recovery both have strong social tie-ins. Those segments of society with fewer resources and less positive options are more prone to addiction problems and less likely to recover. In large parts of American society, economic problems and a sense of hopelessness have contributed to a societal demoralization that works against the natural recovery model, increasing addiction and related problems. Because young people are particularly vulnerable to an addiction model that negates hope, this book is especially concerned with addiction and related problems in childhood. However, many adults also struggle to attain the sense of purpose in life that is their best defense against addiction, so the general principles apply to all ages. Overcoming the Effects of Trauma The widespread idea that specific childhood traumas permanently change people's brains and perpetually predispose them to addiction is really just a variant on the standard disease model. We oppose all disease theory approaches. Explaining addictions and mental disorders in adults as being caused by trauma leads to circular negative self-reflection. We oppose the application of such disease theories to children because of how they lead children and their parents and teachers to label themselves with permanent childhood conditions, such as ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, depression, and bipolar disorder. All of these labels are becoming increasingly common throughout our society. Somehow they feed off themselves. Underlying our thinking and our approach is a model of ordinary child and adult development, seemingly neglected in favor of a modish trend toward diagnosing every misstep or slowness to develop that a child shows, or problems that adults display, as a permanent characterological disorder, a developmental model instead says that you or your child can change, grow, and overcome problems that have held you or your child back. In other words, as you or your child develop personally, you develop out of addiction, and a host of other problems. Of course, at times, you and your child might benefit from help, but never help that labels your life experience as a disease. Ours is a pragmatic, empowering, and, most of all, an optimistic, non-fatalistic approach. We want and expect our developmental model to be helpful to you and your own life, and to all parents as well as teachers, counselors, and other professionals. The developmental model of addiction Let's step back and define what we mean by addiction. An addiction is a harmful attachment to a habit or behavior that provides rewarding experiences, experiences we continue to pursue despite their harmful effects, sometimes to the very depths of despair and self destruction. There is nothing magical or inherently biological about this definition. What distinguishes addictions from healthful or constructively rewarding behaviors is their negative consequences for physical health, relationships, careers or other core aspects of life. Cycles of behavior that are both rewarding and yet have a negative impact can happen with drugs, of course, whether tobacco, alcohol, painkillers, or other legal or illegal substances, but they also occur with internet use, shopping, gambling, and even with personal attachments, including what some label love. The widespread idea that addiction is all about drugs is therefore untrue, as bodies like the World Health Organization and the American Psychiatric Association have only recently come to recognize. But our society still accepts many inaccurate ideas about addiction and drugs as received wisdom. One misconception is that we are all equally susceptible to drug addictions. We aren't. People experiencing despair and who feel they can't control their lives, whether due to war, poverty other social deprivation, or serious psychological problems are more susceptible to addiction. Equally inaccurate is the idea that research has traced addiction to the brain or a gene. These accepted but incorrect ideas lead us to see addiction as a permanent biological trait. This implies that people with addiction can never reconnect in a positive way with the behavior to which they were addicted. In fact, revamping our addictive relationship with a substance or activity is commonplace. In the cases of sex, love and food addictions this is the only alternative. We point out these cultural misconceptions because people who suffer with addictions deserve better. They deserve effective assistance of course. They also deserve to recognize their own power to improve their lives and to point their children in positive directions. Finally we need to change our thinking about addiction for the benefit of society as a whole which is adrift in its drug and other addictive problems. As the authors of this book, we bring a unique blend of theoretical and practical experience to our subject. Our backgrounds and experiences are very different, a fact that broadens the perspectives we can offer. We hope that you find the results of our work helpful.